Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of the California Angels and the City of Los Angeles, on the occasion of Her Majesty's Royal Visit, please welcome internationally renowned opera star Enrico Palazzo. Yes, he's in the intensive care ward at Our Lady of the Worthless Miracle. You should have been pulled in the forefront they have faith in you. Greetings and salutations. It's the Hands of Rico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast, but it's the special Monday segment that we do every Monday, at least the last two Mondays, with Phil Goyette, our prospect guru from Rota Fanatic and Rota Baller. Phil, what is the good word in Ireland? Uh, life's good here, man. We're going on vacation uh, Saturday. I get my second jab of Moderna on Friday and then we're going on vacation Saturday so first vacation in a while yeah since last summer wow all right well that's awesome you know there's a lot of prospects that were going on vacation permanently and they're not coming back so it's not really a vacation it's more of a relocation and we're going to talk about it the trade deadline was intense Phil you and I we enjoy baseball we've been around for a while now on this planet was this the most Wild ass trade deadline that we've ever experienced. I absolutely think so. I even just the trades within the last like six hours of the day before the deadline were bananas. It really was. Well, I Victor really. My son, my son likes to, to say, leave, uh, so. "If you ever seen the Despicable Me movie, uh, Vector, the bad guy says." In both direction and magnitude. So it was the biggest trade deadline in both direction and magnitude. Hell yeah, it was. And it's got a lot of fallout. So we're going to talk about that exclusively. We're going to focus in on the prospects that were traded. Maybe some prospects that are also going to benefit from more playing time now that other players have left the building. Like the Cubs, totally clean house. And problem is, though, position-wise, this is just off the top of my head. There's not a lot of immediate prospects that the Cubs position player-wise are going to punch in to replace Chris Bryant, Anthony Rizzo, et cetera. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. Probably more next year, guys. So then you want to yeah. look at like the AAA types or the Patrick Wisdom types that can get playing time now with 
between now and the end of the year. Yeah, there's a lot of like uh, in between Patrick Wisdoms, the David Botes. I wish Nico Horner yeah. was healthy. This would be a great time for him to flourish. So too yeah. bad he got hurt yeah. again. Ian Happ, um, maybe Ian Happ gets hot again. <laughs> Has he been hot yet? <laughs> Has he even been hot once oh, this year? Yeah. I don't think so. It's been a no. disaster. <laughs> what a disaster. Uh, don't forget, it's the Plaza Podcast, ProtonMail.com, Plaza Podcast on Twitter, two L's, two Z's. Utah, give me two. We do this to Phil every Monday. If you want to get your questions in, drop them in the live chat right here. We're on YouTube, we're on wherever, Twitter, Facebook Live. So drop your questions, and Phil will happily answer them. Otherwise, yeah. we're going to talk about stuff we want to talk about. Right, Phil? Absolutely. All right, well, let's get to it then. Greg Kimbrell switches towns. But only the half of the town. He's going to the north side, or he was on the north side, now he's going to the south sider. So he's getting the playoff situation, which is great for him. But in return, the Cubs got Madrigal and Cody Hewer. Uh, Nick Madrigal is always hurt. I feel like he's not built for the long haul. In fact, by the way, did you see what uh, Dayton Moore said about Alberto Montesi today yeah, on the radio? I did <laughs> because I have him stashed in the league. So, yeah, I did. Uh, that was some cold shit. I like it, though, man. I like Hearing that kind of truth. People say you shouldn't reveal that information. But as a fan, as somebody who plays fantasy, I love it. I love it. Yeah. yeah. But what about I, Nick Madrigal? Is he built for the long haul? Uh, I think, yeah. Um, the hamstring injury was just kind of like a, I don't know, just like a severe, unfortunate injury. He's trying to beat out a ground ball and basically shreds his hamstring in the process. Not too many that you see that require that surgery like that. So. Um, I think he'll be fine. He should bounce back from this hamstring injury okay. I think he'll be a regular second baseman for the Cubbies. I was actually a little surprised to see his name in the trade. I'm actually, I'm a White Sox fan myself. Lived on the south side of Chicago for about 10 years. Um, so uh, at the end of the day, I think it was a good trade by the White Sox. Just having his name in there kind of surprised me. Is this the one of the bigger trades between the two teams in the Windy City that you can remember? Uh, well, they traded Sammy Sosa. To the Cubs, so that yeah, that's that true. Pretty, that's the ultimate, pretty right? large. Yeah. Uh, and they, there is a decent amount of traffic between the two clubs, which is kind of interesting, I guess. Quintana. So in the Quintana trade, we got back uh, Eloy Jimenez and Dylan Cease. So wow, somehow, holy shit! <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that one entirely. Yeah. I, I think I was addicted to drugs then, though. So give me a pass. Uh, I'm clean <laughs> yeah. now. I'm good. I feel much better. I'm more focused in. Although I took a bad time to take a trip to Georgia because it was absolutely the best, most intense, crazy trade deadline. I couldn't even keep up with it all. Yeah. Oh, man. But hey, that's what we got Phil here to talk about it live. Make sure you're following Phil on Twitter at Phil of Sports, his rotoballer work, and of course, his work with Roto Fanatic, which me and Phil work together at. And would you rather have Nico Horner or Nick Madrigal in Dynasty? Uh, I think it's still Madrigal for me. I had him ranked ahead of Horner in that first-year player draft class. I think just the what should be elite batting average alone uh, is enough of a difference between the two, although, although Horner should have a good batting average as well. Um, and I've always thought Madrigal was going to steal more bases than he has. Um, he's barely run much at the major league level, which is interesting. So um, right now it's Madrigal, but I guess it's pretty close. They're awfully similar profiles. Yeah, that's why I asked that. I feel like there's not too much difference. Maybe the stolen bases could be the X factor for Magic Girl, but if it doesn't happen, then I think they're very, very similar. Now there's a potential this, gonna, for a slight more power with Horner. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm, I'm going to lift something that I saw in a Reddit comment to one of my articles. Somebody suggested that uh, because Hoyer and Epstein are obviously close 
Yeah. Uh, Hoyer has some kind of inside information on the rule changes coming to the game. Yes. Which will make the game more attractive to contact-oriented uh, play. Hence the desire for this extreme contact-oriented middle infield. It's it's kind of a wild-ass conspiracy theory, but I thought it was pretty interesting when I started reading it. Genius. That is absolute genius. I wish I knew who that Reddit or commenter was. Kudos to you, and I'm glad you brought it up because I talked about something along those lines, but that's more specific on last week's show where oh. I talked about with Carlos Marcano about, hey, you know, the CBA is going to change. There's going to be new rules related to free agency, uh, arbitration years. But I didn't think about the one part, about the actual game changes, which are very much something that are in play. That's a great, great point. Yeah. Well, that's interesting, at least. <laughs> it makes so, It's like the clearest day to me now. I should have thought of it before. I feel like, oh, it's so obvious, but yet I just didn't think of it in the moment. What about the deal with the Phillies and the Rangers? Now, Spencer Howard has been given up on by the Phillies to get Ian Kennedy, Kyle Gibson, Hans Kraus, and also Kevin Gowdy and Josh Gessner win this deal. So you got Spencer Howard, Kevin Gowdy, Josh Gessner coming to the Rangers. What do we know about the other two? Because Spencer Howard's the big name on this end for the Rangers. Yeah, I'm honestly kind of like look him up type of guys for me. So I thought this was one of the strangest trades of the whole deadline. I really don't understand still why the Rangers sent Kraus back the Philly way. Kind of kind of strange. But uh, Gowdy and Gessner are both right-handed pitchers. Uh, Gowdy's, you know, higher up the ladder right now than Gessner is. Both are having good seasons. Uh, Gowdy's got a 3-5 FIP thereabout. So um, you could see him maybe get promoted even relatively soon to double A, I would think. Um, Gessner hasn't been out of the complex league yet. So he's He's probably uh, a ways off in his career, I would say. They seem like throw-in type arms, to be honest with you. Neither of them are as good as Kraus, who went wow. to the Phillies. So it was basically like, we're going to give you Spencer Howard, who's our crown jewel for prospects on the Philly side, right? Yeah, but I mean, I think it's probably debatable whether Howard or Kraus is going to be the better major league pitcher at this point. Wow. See, that's fascinating. And they also get Kyle Gibson, who can fill in yeah. for what Howard was doing better right now. I mean, yes. it helps them. It's So do you think Philly kind of rolled them on this one or no? It's just a strange one. I'd actually, it, it seemed okay when I saw the first iteration of it, but I didn't see it. The Kraus news didn't come out until later. And then it was like, why are they sending Kraus back to Philly? Man, oh, that's fascinating. Uh, Spencer Howard in Texas now. Do you think this benefits him in any way in terms of the ballpark and playing down in Texas now and getting out of the Philly park? That's no. a good point. Yeah, I didn't think about that. Yeah, no, that's a great point. That's it's way more that park's way more uh, pitcher friendly. The new one with the roof on it. Um, I don't know if they have a humidor there or not. Oh um, yeah, well that's what our buddy Crosby says. They very oh, much do based on his yeah. research. So there's some funky stuff going on there. Hitting is not. I mean, Joey Gallus had a nice season there. He's gone now, of course. We'll talk about that too. But pitching, pitching is uh, this would be a good place to pitch. I think in the next five years. That's what I, I predict. But I don't know that for sure yet. Yeah, I mean Howard's issue is he's got to stretch out. He's still he just doesn't have the endurance to hold his velocity more than a couple innings and in outings. That's why the Phillies haven't thrown him more than a couple innings when he's pitched because um, it's an ongoing issue with him. He just can't keep the velocity up. We're talking live with Phil Goad here. We're talking prospects, prospects, prospects. We do it every Monday at 5 p.m. Eastern time right here live. Sub the channel, sub the channel, sub, sub, sub the channel. Follow Phil, follow me, blah, 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 MJ Govier. Uh, this is not about me, though. This is about prospects. It's about getting Phil's 
picking his brain, which sounds gross. If you think about picking a brain, it sounds very literal and kind of weird. But that, that hey. is pretty gross. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost as gross as Kentucky Fried Chicken. Uh, Javi Baez is a Met now. He hit a home run over the weekend, too. That was fun. Yeah. For Pete, Pete Crow Armstrong. Now, he's a yeah. first-rounder, but he's out for the year. Uh, what do you make of this deal? I mean, Javi Baez, they sold low here a little bit, or does that mean that I don't know as much about Pete Crow Armstrong? Um, yeah. I, I, he's a first-round pick and probably a first-round talent. Uh, one interesting fact about Pete Crow Armstrong, uh, he's from California, and his mother is an actress who played the mother in the film Little Big League, which you're probably familiar with if you're of my generation. Sure. That's Pete Crow Armstrong's mom is the mom in that movie. Um, Shit. Yeah. So uh, prospect-wise, I think he's a very good, uh, especially real-life prospect. Um, very good defense in center field, speed, makes contact, takes walks. Uh, the question is whether the power is going to develop or not. If it does, then you've got a five-tool type of contributor. Even if it doesn't, he should be a guy that uh, is an MLB regular. So uh, I don't know. That they, I don't think the Cubs – I think it was a pretty decent return for the Cubs. Uh, the Mets seem to be addicted to trading away their first-round draft picks or not signing them. Jared so Kelnick reporting. No Kelnick, no uh, PCA. No Kamar Rocker now. So, uh, but they get two <laughs> next year. They get two next year to give away. So, yeah, we'll see how that goes. Knowing their track record, I would not expect much. Again, this fills into the point you just made about Jed Hoyer. Wouldn't PCA fit again? This kind of speedster, yeah. good defender, not necessarily a power or a true outcome guy, three true outcome guy. Yeah, he's really the opposite. Yep. No, that's, I didn't think of that. That's a great point. And he seems to be a similar mold. Um, and then he's got really good upside too because he's still young, athletic. He did he uh, injured his shoulder, underwent shoulder surgery, so he's out for the year this year. Uh, but he played a few games at the start of the year and looked really good before he got hurt. If you're not reading Phil stuff, you're missing out because Phil writes gems like this: Lane Thomas was traded to the Nets for John Lester from the Cardinals. There, blessed with the name fitting of a furniture warehouse or plus size women's clothing boutique. <laughs> Lane Thomas is a 25-year-old outfielder who never quite caught on with the Cardinals. Uh, you still think there's a hope in this bat? I mean, he's only 25, so he's not left for dead, but he's certainly a little more advanced, and I feel like I've heard his name for the last couple of years. Yeah, and he's a guy that uh, over back at Baseball Farm popped up on our uh, statistical rankings a couple of years back because he had a great season. So I think he can hit, uh, and maybe this gives him a shot to get the playing time to – figure it out at the MLB level. And these Cardinals, as we know, these Cardinals hitters with a change of scenery sometimes take off. So the Cardinals always have players, man. That's just they, they are really good. Yeah, I completely agree. Sometimes I don't think they get enough credit because we just take it for granted. But you're right about that for like sure. They trade half of them away. but That's what they do. They traded Randy Rosarino away because yeah. they could. Yeah. Right, yeah. Andrew Haney went to the New York Yankees. I also read an interesting comment from, you know, Sarah saying working with the new pitching coach over there could maybe unlock some of Haney's potential, which we're still yet to see. So dominant at times and then just awful at other times. But I'm more concerned about Jansen Junk, who's not really that much to crow about. But Elvis Pagaro looks like a, a potential dominant reliever. Yeah, I think. I mean, he's he's been solid. Um, it's not a huge return. Uh, for Haney, I don't think so. Um, 
I think Junk's probably a reliever as well, ultimately. Um, yeah, you say he's got a 178 ERA in double A, but that's kind of uh, shrouded in mystery and smoke and mirrors. Yeah, yep. The peripheral stats are more like a four ERA, I believe. Um, so if you're looking at either of them, Piguero is maybe the guy to keep your eye on as far as a, you know future relief potential uh, as he moves up the ladder with the Angels. Ah, the Cubs got Anderson Espinoza. Now, this is someone yeah. I have on my dynasty team. He's been sitting down there in the minors on my, on my minor spot for a while. I was hoping that things would come together for him. He's still very, very early in his career. It's not like he's 26 years old, right? So what do we make of Anderson Espinoza this time now that he's a Cub? Uh, you got to keep holding him if you've held him all that time. And you got to love his makeup that he's still out there trying to pitch, given everything he's been through. Two Tom John surgeries, so I think he didn't pitch for like three years. Um, the talent before he got hurt, he was like a premier pitching talent in the minors. So uh, who knows? Maybe the Cubs can can work with him and make it happen. I'm definitely rooting for him for that to happen for sure. Uh, that would be cool. Uh, these things go on. Long shots become longer, long shots. But baseball is riddled with great stories about people who powered through and you left them for dead. And then they came back and had a great season, or at least they were like a piece of a team that was a playoff team or something like that. So I like that. I like that vibe here. That's why we have Phil on. The fact that he's pitching at all is amazing still. (laughs) That is true. we, We say it, Tommy John, we say it out loud, but to have two of them, we don't think about the mental health impact of that. I mean, it's so devastating to your confidence and to your hopes and to have to go through a lot of rehab again and again. That is tedious, time-consuming work that is exhausting. It's a really good yeah. point. Oh, man, so many other trades to get to. Uh, what about Jan Gomes and Josh Harrison go to the A's? Washington yeah. gets Drew Millas, Richard Gauch. That's a cool name. Seth Schumann. Any of these prospects in return of note? For the Nats. They, uh, three prospects who've had good seasons this year and were kind of seen as rising in the Oakland system, I think. Uh, Millis is known for his defense. He's supposed to be a very strong defender. Um, Nats, the Nats added like five catchers at the trade deadline, uh, prospect <laughs> catchers. So I don't know where they're all going to fit in, but uh, Millis is definitely a guy that could carry an MLB glove and then offensively he's had a good season. Um of the pitchers, I really like Schumann. Um, he's he started all year. His K to uh, walk ratio is over twenty percent. Watch some film on him, and his delivery is super quiet, and he's very well balanced on the mound. Um, and also, by all accounts, the, the Athletics really liked him too. So uh, he'd be my guy to watch. I think it's a pretty good return for Yan Gomes and Harrison. You know what I mean? The, Spare parts. Well, the Athletics, uh, Jasper, what's up? Good to see you, buddy. Jasper's back in the, his house. Hey, Jasper. The, the Athletics have so many. They could spare catchers, I felt like, because you got Sean Murphy yeah. and then you got uh, Tyler Soderstrom, right? So yep. Yep. they're like, yeah, we could spare this yeah, guy. That point. makes sense. And they always seem to have one, too. They always bring him out. Yeah, it, uh, Athletics farm is always a solid farm. It's really good. It doesn't always have the most elite super prospect, but it's riddled with a lot of talent usually, right? Is that fair to say? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I agree with you. Peyton Bannonfield is now yeah. a part of the Cleveland Guardians. The Cleveland Guardians now. 
Jordan Luplo and DJ Johnson were sent off to Tampa Bay. Now, you've said here that Peyton Battenfield has been featured in your Outsiders piece throughout the season, which is players that are outside like the top 100 or what? Yeah. 250. Okay. Yeah. Yeah he's, been one like of the, yeah, he's been one of the best obscure pitching prospects. Uh, his brother, Blake, is a professional pitcher, I think, in the White Sox system. I'm actually blanking on it now. He definitely at least used to pitch in the White Sox system as, as a reliever. Uh, Peyton's moved up to double A this year. His numbers are good at both uh, high A and double A. He's, he's not walking guys. He's striking out batters. He's getting ground balls. So uh, the stuff isn't frontline rotation stuff. Uh, but he's also moving to Cleveland, and we've said that about Cleveland pitching prospects before, and they've taken a leap. So That sounds like a match made in heaven. It really does. Yeah. A guy that you like who's kind of undervalued but is forms well and then goes to a team that knows how to harness pitching. That is a good combo. I and like uh, Tampa Bay has a lot of pitching in their system, so I would think Cleveland had a few arms to pick from here, and they landed on Battenfield. So I, would, I think that's a good sign. I, I like what they're doing. They picked up um, – Ah, who's the guy from San Diego? They got the Clevenger deal. The pitcher, the young single A pitcher. I liked him. I can't remember his name. Uh, uh, he's still a ways away from coming. You know who I'm yeah, talking about. He's hurt this year. Yeah, um, he's kind of a bigger dude. I feel like, and I liked him. Uh, mm-hmm. I know Owen Miller was in that trade. I can't remember his. Anyways, they target players they like, and they're going to work them through. And I liked Cal Quantrill coming over in the deal too, because I yeah. knew eventually he would start following the Cleveland way, and he's been. Better and better as this season's gone on. He's been very fantasy relevant, at least in the last month and a half. Yeah. And Cleveland's going to pitch those guys. Yes, exactly. That's the thing. You know they'll put them to work. Jasper says, I was doing an oil change. I just happened to look at my phone and saw you were on. Hello there, Phil. Can't miss a prospect update. Don't forget the pan. <laughs> That's right. Don't forget to recycle that oil, too, Jasper, please. It's very important. Yeah. All right, and we're moving forward on the Plotso Podcast. Two L's, two Z's, of course. We're doing the weekly prospect check-in with Phil Goyette. I got to selfishly ask about Reese Olsen because he's one of the one of the few deals the Tigers did. I think maybe the only deal. Daniel Norris went to Milwaukee. End of that experiment. It's so funny how prospects change when the years go by. Daniel Norris was brought here in the Matthew Boyd deal? Yeah. Well, along with sending David Price to Toronto. We got Matthew Boyd and Daniel Norris. And we're like, yeah! It's going to be awesome, dude. Daniel Norris, the real deal. In fact, it could have been argued at the time. I'd have to go back and dig up articles. But people were talking about Norris above Boyd in those at that time. And that has clearly gone the other way. So, Reese Olsen is the new Tiger. Anything to be excited about here? Yeah, I thought he looked pretty good. I, I, I watched a little bit of tape of his. Um, he's been effective this year. I thought his uh, mechanics looked a little uh, jerky and sort of... Uh, indirect toward the plate so mm-hmm. it could be something that fetter fetter made <laughs> and uh, the tigers <laughs> and the new you know the new uh tigers regime for pitching development um you know if he's being effective and he has that going on if that's something you can clean up and get him more direct to the plate i would think you could add uh probably more control and also more velocity so um i'd watch him i think it's like i said i think it's a good return somebody that could potentially start in the future for Daniel Norris, so I I think that's well done on the Tigers, this one. All right, cool. That's exciting for our Tigers people. Go Tigers! That's right. Adam Duvall is a brave again. What do you know? Shocking. In the end, you knew it would happen. But in a divisional trade here with the Marlins, they sent to Alex Jackson, the catcher prospect, who has been touted at times. I sometimes wonder why. I'm not really sure. 
if he's all he's cracked up to be. He's hurt. He's been hurt this year again, too. Alex Jackson? Are the Marlins yeah. going to harness something and create a catching? Get to a guy who could, I don't know, be a, a rock-solid everyday MLB player in the next two to three years. I'm going to tell the anecdote again because whenever I think of Alec Jackson, I, I, I wrote something three or four years ago that involved a list of top catching prospects that Alex Jackson was not on, and someone on Twitter just yelled at me. Like, not a little bit. Like, got <laughs> extremely pissed at me that Alex Jansen, Jackson wasn't one of the top ten catching prospects or whatever. So all I can think of when I think of that is him. So then when he, you know, he hasn't amounted to anything yet. Um <laughs> I feel a little vindicated. Uh, Jackson, he's really hitting this year. The barrels at AAA, estimated barrels at AAA are high. Um, I think he's kind of always hit throughout his career. So uh, he's bounced around a little bit. There might be playing time in Miami. So I don't know if he's going to be like an all-around catcher, but he might be one that gets in there and slugs. So fantasy relevant catcher. Hmm. Okay, well. If I'm right, then quit yelling at me. (laughs) <laughs> you guys should never yell at Phil. Phil's trying to help here. He's your friend. You know, he's one of the good guys. Just remember that now. That's why we like Phil. That's why I like having Phil on the show. Uh, okay, I'll move on from that. I-, I could talk more about Alex Jackson, but I'll leave it there. I want to talk about... Well, there's no reason to talk about this. Jose Jose Barrios went to Toronto. We all... I think everybody who knows anything about Dynasty or Prospects, you know who Simeon Woods Richardson is. You know who Austin Martin is because he was a highly touted draft pick last year. Yep. So that's a great haul. I think it was one of the standout yeah. trades in yeah. the deadline because people said, whoa, look at the hall the Twins got. I want to know what is the ceiling Woods Richardson, though? Probably. Top two starter? Can he be the top? Yeah. yeah? yeah maybe maybe more of a three. Okay. Maybe more of a three, but um, 20-year-old at AA, performing well this year. Uh, has a great mix of pitches. Um, I think the velocity hasn't bumped like some thought it might when he came out for as a prep Texas right-hander. So if he gets that velocity bump, I think that's sort of what you're waiting on to see if he can be like a number two. But three or four, absolutely. Is Martin, he was a high draft pick for them, but is he more of a utility guy, at least in the short term, when he comes up to the majors for the Twins? Yeah, or the forever. I'll use a, I'll use a, I'll use, a, I'll use another anecdote. I've used the right. <laughs> I'm, getting, I'm getting repetitive. Uh, the tw- the twins now have two Royce Lewises, so he reminds me a lot of Royce Lewis. Who? Oh God! Maybe is that not is... an everyday shortstop. So they're trying to figure out different spots. Martin Toronto's doing the same thing. He could probably handle a center field or third base or second base. Uh, runs some, but not enough to be a fantasy stud. Has some power, but not enough to be a fantasy stud. So uh, he's more of a, he might be more of like a player you look at in the 10 to $20 range, which isn't bad, but it's not the kind of guy that wins your league. Who do you like better from last year's draft, Nick Gonzalez or Austin Martin? I would rather take a chance at Nick Gonzalez that the power is real. Uh, I guess we could cover this. I'm, I'm trying to avoid the biggest, biggest trades, but we got to cover because people want to know about Kiebert Ruiz, Josiah Gray, Gerardo Carrillo, Donovan Casey, all sent to the Nats for Scherzer and Trey Turner. Who's the best prospect of all of these prospects here in this deal? That's a good question. Um, Just today. Think, you could say five years from now, too, if you want. I don't care. Yeah, I think Josiah Gray 
is going to be my pick out of the group to have the best next five years in the MLB for the Nats. Um, he's already up with the club. I don't know if he's pitched yet. I haven't looked today. Um, he did. But, oh, with know, the Nats? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. If he's started yet for the Nats, I know he pitched for the Dodgers. Um, but he's a guy that could be holding down a rotation spot for him for the next five years. Really like his stuff. Uh, really like him as a player. He was converted pitcher, so he hasn't pitched for a long time. Even his style of pitching has changed just since he's been drafted. Um, so I think he's the kind of guy that'll learn and change and do what he needs to do to be successful. Jasper wants to know real quick, Kyle Lewis worth a flyer in 2022. Yeah, assume the Mariners outfielder. Um, that outfield's getting crammed. Number one, the only thing with Lewis too, is just the injury history. Um, and then to re-experience a knee problem, right? Like he's had this year, uh, you get nervous. Yeah, he's, he's another guy that's amazing. He even made it to the MLB with the injury he suffered, let alone be as good as he was. So, Yeah, that was a catastrophic knee injury a couple of years yeah. ago. Yeah, yeah they, thought, point. they thought he, he wasn't going to play again, maybe. so. That's why I was hesitant when he first came up in the fall of 2019, I think it was, the year before he won roadie last year. So yeah. and then I was hit, impressed by that. Hit the piss out of the ball then, you know. He did. He came up, so. Yeah, he definitely flashed something hardcore. But everybody knows about Kiebert Ruiz and Josiah Gray. What about these other two? Are these throw-ins or are they projects? Is that's it? Uh, Casey is just kind of like a journeyman catcher prospect. Uh, Carrillo had a strong season about two years ago. Um, really strong season. Actually, like a pop-up kind of on the radar season. So there could be something there. There could be something with him. The Nats needed pitching depth in their minors. They were... All kinds of depth in their minors. Actually, probably hitting more than pitching, but they're depleted. So even if he develops into a reliever, that's something. That's a win for the org. So the the whole return still feels pretty light for what they gave up. I mean, I think that's what happens if you have a decades long quest for playoffs. You're at playoffs every year, every year. You never win. They finally win in 2019, and then you're left with a bare cupboard. That makes sense. Yeah, like the Kenny Williams White Sox. Oh, geez. God, so many so many bad memories. All right. We're almost done here. We're going to wrap up the show. We do a half hour. We get in. We get out. We move on with our lives. That's what we do here. Phil Goyette, Phil of Sports on Twitter, at MJ Govier on Twitter, of course. You can read Phil's work. Roto Fanatic and Roto Baller. He just did a big-ass piece. You don't want to miss that. We got another question for we hit the road. Torkelson going to be 2022 Rookie of the Year. Heard yeah. it here first. That's not really a question. That's more of like, go Tigers. Yeah, I don't know about that. That's, but. A, lead, that's a leading question. Jeff. That is a very much. He Wouldn't would, I think you agree? To, we, you, you're saying something dumb, in my opinion here, Jasper. I love you, Jasper. You know that we're buddies. I hope you don't take offense. I, maybe dumb, strong word, but I feel like you're going a bit ahead of yourself here because a CBA could change so much that we have no idea yeah. what the structure of his playing time will be, and if there's a lockout. Let, that has nothing to do with a possible lockout or strike as well. So I love it. I would love to see it. But I think there's a lot of variables going on right now that we got to be like, whoa, what? we have no idea what to expect next year. Which is you know, kind of depressing. But hey, it's still exciting, too. It's kind of like the unknown. I cannot I maybe, can't maybe, wait to see what the changes will be. I'm kind of looking forward yeah. to it once all the bullshit goes down where they fight and hate each other. Maybe there's maybe we get a CBA where there's no reason to keep Torkelson down when he's ready to play. That would be ideal. So. Ah! Fantasy land, but I would love a fight that gets that done. I support it completely. Absolutely. All right, so uh, we tried to cover as many trades as we could. Uh, does, was there anybody I didn't talk about that you want to talk about real quick before we leave? Let me just spin up a random player that I really like here. Austin Shenton 
went from the Mariners to the Rays and the trade that surprised people that Diego Castillo went to the Mariners to replace Kendall uh, Graveman, basically. Uh, Shenton has been fantastic by estimated barrels and estimated ex-Woba this year. Uh, he's like a corner outfield or excuse me, corner infield type profile that the Rays are always grabbing. Um, and I would not be shocked to see the Rays make something out of him. All right. Well, you heard it here first. Phil's always on this stuff. Jasper says it's all good. Go Sox. Go. Yeah. He yeah. likes, he's your fellow White Sox fan here. That's weird. So yeah, we talked about Shane Baz last week. Yeah. Uh, Phil loves Shane Baz. So pitch this morning no- for team USA. Oh, did he? Yeah, he only made, I think he made it two innings before they lifted him. Tough game. Japan, I tell you what, if you like baseball prospects, watch the Japanese team in the Olympics. They've got some fantastic players. Uh, This one reliever, I think Senga is his name, that came in today. He's a starter, but he pitched in relief today. He was like 97, 98 miles an hour, and he throws a pitch called a ghost fork ball, which if you can see the pitcher ninja clip, of this pitch it's just disgusting it's like a split finger knuckler almost i don't know how else to describe it oh doctor that sounds awesome all right well check that out and make sure you check out phil's work phil of sports mj govier we'll be back next monday 5 p.m eastern time most likely talking prospects again we'll try to do this the rest of the season if you guys have questions ahead of time i tell you before i'll tell you again dm either one of us email the show plot podcast or protonmail.com or join the live stream and just drop in questions like jasper was doing that's how it's done So let it be written. So let it be done. Phil, thank you again. It's been a pleasure, my friend. Thanks, Michael. Sometimes, but it might just save your life. That's the power of prospects. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.